Where is everybody? Right here. You're here. Well, I'm excited for today. Am I on? I got something to say. Amen. And you got something to listen to. Let's stand up. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we come before your presence presence with singing and with thanksgiving, with expectation in our heart for all that you want to say to us this day. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Can you stop that? There we go. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
top one more And we worship with one heart We unite by
Father, this morning we lift our hands to our Lord and our Savior and our soon coming King Jesus. We worship you today. We love and honor you today. And we invite your Holy Spirit in this place to teach us, enlighten the eyes of our understanding, show us the Father's ways, teach us his paths, and lead us in his truth. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Well, say hi on your way down to somebody. Hi. Welcome to 2024. Some quick announcements. <clears throat> if you had your picture with the photo wreath, we've been posting them up there, but we don't have everybody. So if you would like your picture up on the big screen, yeah, your picture is there with Ross picking your nose. <laughs> so if you would like your picture up there with everybody else, just contact Kaylee after the service and she'll get that taken care of. On Tuesday at 6 o'clock, Patriots United. On Wednesday, 7 o'clock, midweek service. Now today on your handout, if you look on the back, we posted dates for this year. These are important dates that we know so far. There will be more, but those are listed there. So on... Um, Sunday, February 4th, it says Soup Sunday. So I got a message yesterday. It said that Delight Donut is going to be closed for a month. And so we heard from God, and we set up, instead of Donut Day on the first Sunday of February, we're going to have Soup Sunday. So we'll have a fellowship dinner, time of fellowship, and soup, and we'll give you more information on that later. Uh, the big, in, big announcement for the month is January 28th is Jeff Rogers. Now, Jeff Rod, we support two missionaries, Mike Keyes, who most of you know from the, the Philippines, and then Jeff Rogers, Zimbabwe and Malawi. And he hasn't been here for several years, but we have supported him for probably 25 years plus. Great ministry. And so since a lot of you don't even know much about him, on the bulletin board, we did some facts and, and information about his ministry. And then a few years ago, they put out a book that shows pictures and, and things that they do. And, and I mean, they do all kinds of things from well digging to a medical facility to education to training the people how to raise their own food and be self-sufficient. So that book is back in the lobby on the counter back there. If you'd like to take a look at that, and that will help you understand who he is so those are our announcements we will have more just make sure you mark some of these down so you know ahead of time and and we'll have more coming up i want to read you a scripture and um it's from psalm chapter one and one of my goals this year we do not meditate the word of god enough we might read it we might hear it but we need to meditate it more and I was thinking, Drew, when I first started meditating the Word of God, first got a hold of that concept, I was student teaching at Tulsa Memorial High School. And so from 77th and Lewis to 61st and Yale, I would meditate a scripture. And I started with this scripture. 
Psalm chapter 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let me read the the commentary of what it says about being prosperous. Whatever he does shall prosper. This includes everything, your family, your children, your marriage, your business, your ministry, your job, and your health. It means God intends what he says, everything shall prosper. Too many times we just think of that financially, but it means our lives shall prosper. However, no promise of God is without responsible action to be taken on our part. No one will prosper until he starts doing what God says he must do. Many people want the promised results without responsible commitment, but none of us will ever gain anything worthwhile in just an instant. The truly worthwhile takes time to develop. Do not expect God's answers to leap onto your schedule. Remember, his answers occur when you put his word into action. Just as a period of intensive study precedes a college degree, so through patient pursuit of his promise may we wait for the word of God to mature in our lives so I started meditating this years ago and I came back this was my scripture for this week and you need to just go over that and I'm getting so much more out of that but God's desire is for you to prosper in every area of your life but the way to do that is through understanding and being obedient to his word so I encourage you to medit- find a scripture that jumps out at you and meditate that and go over it and over it till it gets planted in your heart. So we can go ahead and um, receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you have, need an envelope, they're right behind you, the seat. Um, I might remind you, to, f- if you're new, fill that out so we have your address and all that information and then in January at the end of the year you get a tax, or at the beginning of the year you get a tax deductible deductible receipt from last year so those will be coming out so make sure you fill those out accurately Amen. Um, Just by way of reminder, Wednesday night um, I showed a Bill Johnson video, and I'd like all of you, though how many were not here Wednesday night? Raise your hand. Will you get on YouTube, go under Bill Johnson, and it's on focus. Say focus. So that's your assignment. Amen. What's that? Focus. Bill Johnson on focus. YouTube. I want to read to you a, a story that, I heard back in the 80s by Buddy Harrison, and he wrote it in one of his books, but I couldn't find it. But thank God for YouTube. So listen to this, because this pertains to what I want to share today. It's called The Parable of the Turkey, or The Way Things Have Always Been Done. A young couple happily married is celebrating their first Thanksgiving together. The bride wants to cook her husband or family's classic turkey recipe and asks her mother for the recipe. Her mother sends her the recipe, and the woman cooks it to perfection. Even the breast meat is perfectly tender and juicy. However, at the end, her husband remarks, Darling, where are the legs? I always like those best. They're on the side, she tells him. He picks around the bird, and he seems still confused, so she points them out to him. He asks, But love, why are they shaped like this? They don't look like drumsticks to me. They're all squashed. Why? 
She says, it's in the recipe. You take the legs off, take the bones out, and cook the meat on the side. He still doesn't understand, but the turkey was very tasty, so he leaves it be. The next day, the woman calls up her mother and asks, So, Mom, about that turkey recipe, why do we take the bones out, cook the meat on the side? And her mother replies, Hmm, I, I don't actually know why. Your grandma just always did it that way, and it's her recipe. The mother and grandmother are having a pleasant brunch one morning, and the question of the turkey comes up once more. Oh, right, says the mother. Ma, I gave my daughter your turkey recipe, and she asked about the turkey legs. What about them, asked the grandmother. Why do we cut them off, take the bones out, and cook the meat on the side? And the grand grandmother burst into gales of laughter. I did that when you were a kid because my pan was too small to fit the whole turkey. You know, the way we've always done it. Amen. Look in your Bibles, if you would, to Isaiah 42. I'm glad you're here today. I I'm always have something to say on a Sunday morning, but today is prophetic. Say, today is prophetic. And I'm going to close this message. I'll get through the message. It won't take long. A prophetic dream that God gave me December 15th. And it just pertains to today. Isaiah 42. I've got to get there. Isaiah 42. And look at uh, verse 9. Isaiah 42, 9. It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. And what? New things. Say it. New things I declare before they spring forth I tell you of them. So God is doing new things. But it's our responsibility to what? We should declare them. Talk about them. Amen? Now, Look at uh, over a chapter to 43. Isaiah 43 and verse 18. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do it, say it, a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Here's our spiritual truth this morning. The Bible tells us how to respond to change ahead of time. Would you agree with that? It's the responsibility of believers to prepare and stay flexible to the Holy Spirit so we can walk in the fullness of God's plan in this new year. The Bible tells us how to respond to change ahead of time. It's the responsibility of every believer to prepare and stay flexible to the Holy Spirit so we can walk in the fullness of God's plan in 2024. Amen. Everyone say new things. Stay flexible. Stay teachable. Now, I'm going to read these for the sake of time. You don't need to turn there. All, all, you've got the Scriptures written down there on your notes. But this is what God says about the future. Amos chapter 3 and verse 6 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. Has God been revealing some things to us through His prophets? Yes. Isaiah 45, 11, it states, Ask of me things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands, you command me. So is it all right for you to ask God about what's coming? Sure. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know what we're going to see this year? Great and mighty things. you believe that? Amen. Psalm 25, verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him and He will show them His covenant. So God will show His people secrets. Then John 16, 13, it says the Holy Spirit will do what? Show us things to come. Amen? John Mason in his book, he says this in this chapter, he says, when you refuse to change, you end up in chains. We, we humans are custom built for change. Inanimate objects like clothes and houses and buildings don't have the ability to truly change. They grow out of a style and become unusable. 
But at any point in time, at any age, any one of us is able to change. Is that possible? So, Caleb and Micah, do you think I can change? I didn't hear amen. Thank you. That wasn't my son, but... There always can be... They say, Drew, I'm, I'm just out of a progressive commercial. You know... In fact, it talks about change. It says most of the time it means to add on or to slightly adjust. So don't be scared or or intimidated by that word change. It just means we need to make some adjustments. Amen? When we're called upon by the Lord to change, we will continue to reach toward the same goal, but perhaps in a slightly different way. When we refuse to cooperate with the change that God is requiring of us, We make chains that constrain and restrict us. There are three things we need to know about the future. It's not going to be like the past. Number two, it is not going to be exactly the way we think it's going to be. And number three, the rate of change will take place faster than we imagine. The Bible indicates that in the end times in which we're now living, changes will come about much quicker than ever before in history. And that's true. Would you agree with that? In 1803, the British created a civil service position which a man was required to stand on the cliffs of Dover with a spyglass. His job was to be on the lookout for invasion. He was to ring a bell if he saw the army of Napoleon Bonaparte approaching. Now, that was all well and good for the time, but that job was not eliminated until 1945. Yeah. How many spyglasses on the cliffs of Dover are we still holding on to in our lives? We should choose not to allow the way we've always done it, like the turkey, to cause us to miss opportunities God is providing for us in the future. Amen? Amen. How many of you know who Bobby Knight was? This is what he said. In fact, Kathy stated this last week and reminded me of this in the book she was reading. He says this, Bobby Knight said this, the will to win is important, but more important is the will to prepare to win. Let me say it again. The will to win is important, but more important is the will to prepare to win. Are you planning on winning? Then we better prepare. The church better prepare for what's ahead. Amen? Anyone who played for Coach Tom Osborne would attest to that. He emphasized preparation and accepted the results. If his team prepared properly and played to the best of its ability, winning would follow. So are you getting the picture? What do we need to do? Prepare. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I've always liked the book of Joshua. And in Joshua 1, verse 10, they're getting ready. Joshua gave the order to cross the Jordan River. I want you to know the church has already crossed, or the remnant has. It says in verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Now listen, prepare provisions for yourself. Say that. Prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. See, the manna from heaven wasn't going to happen anymore. There wasn't going to be any bread coming down from heaven. And God, through Joshua, told the people, prepare provisions for yourself. You and I this year can't live off of someone else's faith. You and I can't live off of what someone else is saying. You can listen to all the prophets and apostles on the YouTube you want, but you better get it in your spirit and hear direct from heaven yourself. See, the Scripture says, I found your word and did eat it, and it was the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You and I are going to have to go after the word of God this year. That's bottom line. Let me ask you something. How many read the Bible? I noticed I didn't say read it every day because I didn't want to embarrass some of you. We're supposed to read it every day. Let me give you some good advice. Double up on your reading. Double up on your praying this year. Boy, it's real quiet in this church today. 
She just talked about meditation. If you know my personality, I'm a goer. I'm a doer. I'm not a sitter stiller. I'm not going to sit still. Amen? And the hardest thing for me through the years is, is learning how to, to, to be quiet, and I'm mastering that. I, the last you know, year or so, I take time after prayer, and I just sit in silence. And that's good for us. That's what a deer stand will do for you. It's good for you. Amen. Years ago, I just found out you've got to sit still, quit squirming, and be quiet. We have to be that way, folks, especially this year. And we need to meditate the Word. But we have to prepare our own spiritual dinner every day. Amen? Look at Luke chapter 5. This is what I want to address today. And I've already addressed it. Last fall on Wednesday night, I talked about wineskins. Do you remember? What kind of wineskins are there? Give me the two kinds. Old and new. What do we need to be? New. Amen. Let me read to you, and, and this is a, a book that I had in my library for years, and I just happened to get it out last year, and it was so rich. It just ministered to me. The Spirit of God spoke to my heart so much by going through this book. And in Luke chapter 5, in verse 36, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also that piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into what? New wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Now, you're looking at somebody that likes the old. Because I've been in the antique business since I was 20 years old. I've always been, I love history. I like, you know, all the stories about the pioneers and the, the state of Nebraska and how it was founded. In fact, we even got a piece in our basement that, that on the back of this piece that I bought, it says, shipped to um, Brownsville, Nebraska Territory. So what's that tell you? before Nebraska even became a state. And the sad thing was, I sold that piece of furniture not realizing what I did. But thank God I went and I bought it again. Had to pay a little more, but it's sitting in our basement. But see, I like old. I like to put my hands on a piece of furniture that someone's made, and you can tell what kind of tools they use. They didn't have DeWalt tools. Some of you guys, contractors, wouldn't make it. got to have your DeWalt tools. These guys used, you know, hand tools. So I, I get it. I like the old stuff. If you go over to the south building upstairs, you're going to see a lot of old stuff. But you know what? I'm finding out there's a generation now that doesn't like old stuff. And the antique business isn't what it used to be. I still like my old stuff. But you know what? I've got to think about new stuff too. Amen? Now, this is what she says. In Bible times, skins were used as containers for liquids. Over a period of time, the skins dried out, became hard and brittle. When that happened, they were dipped in water, then rubbed with oil so to soften and restore them so that they could be used again. If they were not processed in this way, now listen, they became useless because of their hardness and lack of flexibility. Jesus gave us this, this example as a pattern of what He wants us to do in His church. Our dried and hardened hearts must be changed into soft and pliable vessels prepared to yield to His will and contain His new wine. How each heart experiences this change may vary, but the principle is the same. If we're not flexible, we must be softened by the Spirit or we will break trying to receive the new wine. That's good advice. New wine represents a new move of God's Spirit or a fresh outpouring of the anointing for a specific purpose in the plan of God. We must know how to prepare ourselves and what we must do to contain the new anointing when it comes, for it shall surely come. 
The old crusty wineskins were first dipped in water to restore moisture. This is symbolic of our hearts being moistened by the washing of the water by the word. Without this cleansing, we build up walls of resistance and unbelief, which keep us from receiving the flow of the Spirit's power. The wineskins were then rubbed with fresh oil to bring added flexibility and endurance. This fresh oil which is representative of the new anointing in our lives, is what gives us the ability to move on, say it, move on, with God and walk in the new wine of His Spirit. Harold Everly says this in his book on wineskins. These are some of the statements he made in his books entitled The Complete Wineskin. Whenever the Holy Spirit fills people with new wine, the structure or organization in which they function must change. Old wineskins rip. New wineskins must be used to hold the additional life and power of God. Let me ask you this. Is there new life and more power coming this year? I believe so. He says, there can be no mighty spiritual awakening in our day without a great shaking of our church organizations, leaders, and structures. He says, to move with the Spirit demands constant change. Meditate on that. How many want to follow the Spirit of God? Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Well, if we're going to follow the Spirit, what do we need to do? We need to make some changes, some adjustments. He says, the greater the outpouring, the greater the wineskin ripping. New wine can be found only where new wineskins are in the process of forming. New wineskins, say new wineskins, can be found only where new wineskins are in the process, or new wine can be found only where new wineskins are in the process of forming. I believe there's something forming here in this church and other churches. Amen? Now, how many of you want to know if um, you're an old wineskin? Raise your hand. How many of you really would like to know if you're an old or new wineskin? Raise your hand. I thought about this. So I, I, I made some statements here. I wrote these things down. This is a warning sign of an old wineskin mentality. When you think everyone else has to change and you don't. Number two, you're not open for change and you refuse to be teachable or flexible. Number three, and this is an important one. You're constantly complaining about the changes, changes that are being implemented. <clears throat> How many have ever complained? How many have ever complained? How many complained today before you got to church? It's just human nature. But it's not our recreated nature. We shouldn't be that way. We all do it. And there's going to be changes in the church here in in the days, weeks, and months ahead. And, you know, I, I just encourage you, if you're around somebody in the church and they begin to complain about something in the church, it's your job to tell them to stop complaining. Well, that went over big. <laughs> Why would you allow people to sow bad seed in your garden? Same thing. Words are seeds. So, we really have to be careful. I just don't like the way Pastor Mike combs his hair. Listen, I don't have any hair to comb. And when I get my crew cut, and it's coming whether she says I can't or not. It's coming. I'm tired of my hair now. I try to grease it down and it just goes like this. So when you see the crew cut, that's a change. Don't you complain. Here's another one. If the new wineskin requires you to change your position or role in the local church, or if you find it difficult to defer to someone else's gift or anointing. If the new wineskin requires you to change your position or role in the local church, or if you find it difficult to defer to someone else's gift, folks, in the days ahead, the only way we're going to handle the harvest is if other people step up to the plate. 
and exercise their gift and their anointing that God's bestowed upon them. And you can't become jealous or intimidated by someone else. Just stay in your lane. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in your lane. Here's another one. You have no desire to deal with the problems and misunderstandings associated with the new wine skin. Because as the church evolves and the church makes the adjustments and the changes, you know, we're going to be dealing with some things in, in the days ahead. Here's what happened Wednesday night. Youngest Micah, he's back there, and Micah's friendly. He's, he's real friendly here in the church at home, not so much, but he's really, no. <laughs> don't talk to him in the morning, Mitch. Just don't even look at him. But he was being very gracious, and we had a visitor Wednesday night, and he put out his hand, and, and did she take your hand? Shook your hand? And what did you say to her? And stormed out of the church. Weird. It ain't nothing. What are you going to do when we, we see a devil cast out here in a service? Have you ever had that happen, Carney, yet? <laughs> what are you going to do? Just look to pastor to do it? No, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to defer to your anointing. You can cast out that devil. What church am I in? Listen, folks. When you preach and teach the Word, it does something. It will enlighten the believer, but it will stir up something on the inside of the unbeliever. Hopefully bring them to Christ. But, you know, we've got to understand, in the days ahead, these new wineskins and the changes that we make, you know, we're going to have to deal with some situations. That's the truth. Um, here's another one. You have no desire to deal with the problems and misunderstandings associated with the new wineskin. So things can arise in a church. You can have misunderstandings. Well, we've got to learn as a body of Christ to love each other. We don't have to like each other, but we have to love each other. And you might not like somebody else in the church, but you know, if you've got Jesus on the inside of you, you've got the love of God on the, poured out in your spirit. We have to love each other. We have to lay down our, our, our problems and communicate and, and sit down and, and talk about them. Amen? And not get mad and just go down the street to the next church. You know how many Christians have done that through the years? Get mad at the pastor. Get mad at the nursery worker. Get mad at the worship leader. And go, I'm going somewhere else. Or not even go to church. They're sitting at home watching TV. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect preacher. But we've got to learn to work together and get along. See, I'm expecting this year everybody to pull their, do their share. Amen? Because you've got something to contribute. Amen? Here's another one, a couple more. If you spend too much time thinking about the way things used to be. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking about all oh, the way worship used to be. The way this used to be. The way that used to be. Now, i got news for you. There's no donuts next month. And I know that's difficult. It's really hard for me. So I'm hoarding donuts. I took six or seven today just to put in my office. No, I took one. But see, we, donuts, you know, first Sunday of every month. Now we're not because our donut people are going to be gone for a month and a half. Well, what do you do? We have soup then. We're going to have a soup supper or soup lunch. Amen? Huh? Kind of like a donut. Just something. Amen? So just don't get upset and leave the church. That's all I'm asking. Here's another one. Two more. If you don't like the fact that the new wineskin will require all fivefold ministry gifts functioning in the church. In this hour, you're going to see ministry gifts rise up in the church. I was talking to Nate today. There's a prophetic gift in him. And I was talking about, you know, young people today, even my kids and, and, and some of you younger ones, you weren't paying attention in English class because when you talk, your sentence structure is just backwards. You know, and, and, and I looked at him, but I, I heard one prophet say, it's all right. 
we're going to have to realize some of these people are, are going to rise up from nowhere. And they won't be educated people. And they were like Nate, and they were like me, although I, I did a better job than you. Because in my generation, it was very important. It was drilled into us how to talk and how to converse and use the right sentence, the nouns, the verbs, conjugate, the whole thing. But it doesn't make any, I told Nate, it doesn't make any difference because there's a gift on the inside of him. And we accept that and we flow with that. There's times some of you I just like to say, no, say it this way. But I love you. Just like Billy Joel said, I love you just the way you are. Amen. That doesn't mean you couldn't work on it. Amen. Amen. If you refuse, here's another one, old wineskin. If you refuse the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit by resisting His direction and correction. Amen. Let's put on this. I had this dream, the 15th. I just want to play this a few minutes. I won't make you listen to all of it. In a year now. Thank you. That's enough. Amen. Thank you. Now, here's my dream. It happened here. And I noticed, and I was kind of back here in this area, and I looked back, and there was a quartet singing. And I'm thinking to myself, they sound pretty good, but that's... That's old. That's really old. And before I could do anything, I, I, I turned my attention back here. Come here, Abe. Because you were in the dream. He's in everyone's dream. And Abe was standing here. And there was a coffin, and I wanted to get a real coffin. Oh, I wanted to get a, but it would be too much work. And if you'd see it, you'd probably leave shocked and screaming and whatever. But there was this coffin, and in the coffin was a shriveled up old man, wrinkled. You remember the raisin, what a raisin would look like? He looked like a, just like a raisin. And I'm, I'm thinking I want to get this right. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I was mad. I was infuriated. And I, be, I said, in the, in the dream, I became angry at this intrusion in our service. And I said to Abe, this is no time for a funeral. And I was talking like this, and I was pointing my finger right at Abe. I said, Abe, get him out of here. And so I'm thinking Abe is just going to roll the coffin right out the church. But not Abe. He would have to foul it up. Abe grabbed the feet of that old man in the coffin. And he started to pull on the old man. And in the dream, I vividly remember thinking, he's going to pull the legs right off of that guy. I was I was shocked. So, as he, as he pulled the shriveled old man out of the coffin, he began to fall. But I caught him. So now, two of us have to carry the man out of the church, into the foyer. 
But in the foyer, all thank you, Abe, you can sit down. In the foyer, all of a sudden, this old, shriveled up wineskin of a man began to come to life and grumble and complain. Now, I didn't eat pizza. This is a God drink. I'm not done yet. I then returned to my seat, but I now realized the quartet was sitting at this table. Now, look at this wonderful table. This table was here in 1983 when I graduated from Ramah, and the old church, 300 South 2nd, old Lutheran church there, this was there even then. It was an antique back then. They were sitting at the oldest table, or the oldest folding table Harvest Church has. I then turned to Kathy, and I said this, you won't believe what just happened. And boom, I was awake. Well, when I wake up and have a dream light, wouldn't you say, is that you, God? Are you saying something to me? Well, I fell asleep again. Dreamed again. This time I was in our kitchen with Kathy and a few older people from the church. I'm not going to give you their names. I could. So you can just look around and wonder. Was it me? (laughs) I spoke to them and said, You won't believe the dream I just had. Two people were distracted and not listening, and they were fumbling around looking at pill bottles. The other individual was in our rocker, in our kitchen area, rocking. And in the dream I can remember, because I'm kind of ornery anyway, you need to realize that, I started to tell her about the old shriveled man in the coffin and how we yanked him out of the coffin. And she just wrinkled her face up. Her face became all wrinkled, like she was in disbelief and appalled by what I just said. As I did this in the first dream, I turned my attention to Kathy again, and I said, I didn't say anything. I could just look at her face. After 40-some years, I just know. And I, I knew she was pondering and thinking about this dream. See, in dream one and in dream two, two I, just, I, I looked to my wife. You know how men do. Help me, please. I woke up and I said, I want a scripture. I want a scripture, and here's the scripture I got. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. One translation says, unused, fresh, or novel. Now I'm just going to give you the interpretation of the dream. It's real short here. The quartet's music was good, but outdated. The wrinkled up old wine skin in the coffin had passed away and he had to go. Because if you don't bury something that dies, it starts to stink. But you know what? He just still had to come to life and grumble and complain on the way out. Now, I'm trying to look at that another way. Maybe we, we brought new life. Maybe the anointing brought new life and he was going to become a new wine skin. So you can take either one. I'm going with the first. Here's the third one. Abe, the worship leader, was charged with the order to get rid of the old wineskin and bring in the new. And I'm pointing my finger today. And I'm not just pointing it to you, but I'm pointing to the worship team. Old's got to go. News come. That's why Drew's here. Remember Drew from Carney? And they're doing a new thing with it's called click track. I can't give you all the details because I'm an old wineskin in that area, but I'm learning. But if you've noticed, if you've got an ear, you'll notice it's a fuller sound. 
And we'll, we'll tell you how that works in the days ahead. But Abe, you know, he and I together had to carry out that old dead wine skin. Now coming back in, the quartet had now become comfortable. They were sitting down at an old table. In the second dream, the older couple was distracted and they weren't even listening to my dream, which was rude. The second person, the second senior citizen, do you notice a a theme or a pattern through this whole thing? Old! The second senior was in the rocking chair, wrinkled up her nose in disbelief and shock with the dream I was, you know, giving her. But in both dreams, Kathy was there to bring me support. Thank God. That's the only thing I'm going to say good today. No. Listen, you men need to realize you got a good woman. You better know it. Harvest Church, you can expect God to do new things in 2024, but this is what you have to do. Stand up. You and I are going to experience new things this year. Good things, exciting things, in the midst of all the stuff that's going on. But it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to prepare our hearts and attitudes for the changes that are coming. We're going to have to make some adjustments in our thought life, keep our minds renewed. You've got to listen to your leadership in this new year. And you have to pray for your leadership in this new year. But we have to prepare our hearts and attitudes for the changes that are coming. We need to remain flexible and teachable so we can flow with the new wine of the Spirit. Say this with me. Old are new. It's up to you. Amen? Now, I'm I'm so proud of our worship team. This isn't an easy transition. It's a new learning curve. Even Pastor Brad was telling me with the drumming, you know, how that is different. Because as, as they were singing, they were listening to, what is it, a click? They call it click track. Because... It's like the whole orchestra is playing with you. So if Abe's gone one one Sunday, Dustin can do it. Don't get scared, Dustin. Don't be an old wineskin. No, that's right. But I could even get up there. And I'd sound like I was leading the whole worship. No, I won't. I'd sound like the old quartet. Sit down. You're talking like an old wineskin. You're complaining. But I hope you leave today with that in your heart. That God's put in you something for, you know, to contribute in this new year. You have an anointing. You have a gift. But we, we've got to forget those things that are behind. And press on towards those things that are ahead, that are new, that are fresh, that are novel. Do you believe that? I believe that in Jesus' name. Father, I thank You for the people of Harvest Church. Father, I know without a doubt that dream, those two dreams were from You. And so, Father, this is our heart's cry today. We do not want to be an old wineskin individually or corporately as a church body. We want to be a new wineskin that can handle the, the, the fresh anointing that you're pouring out in this hour. So, Holy Spirit, reveal to us attitudes and areas in our life that we need to make some changes and adjustments. And may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart always be pleasing in your sight, that we won't complain, we won't argue, We won't compare ourselves or our gifts to other people. But we'll just flow with the Holy Spirit and stay in our lane. And so, Father, I thank You for this year 
I thank you for the door that you've opened. It's wide open. And we'll walk through that new door. And Lord will minister to a lot of hurting, sick, and spiritually dying people. We'll minister the good news of the gospel. So Father, I thank you. This morning, pour out your spirit upon this body. Grace to become a new wineskin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is there anybody today you need prayer for your physical